Welcome to the Latchkey Sibs, the podcast that challenges three siblings to take a look at our childhood movie cabinet and one film at a time, criticize or defend the viewing choices we made as kids. I'm your host and the youngest, a Gray Baker. I'm Holland and I'm the oldest. I'm Allegra and I would like to let love open the door. Let your love open let the door? Let your love open the door. Well, you should say my love. Let my love open your door. Okay. There we go. Did we land I thought plane? you were gonna say, I thought you were gonna say, I'm Allegra, and I'm really liking the vibe right now <laughs> between us. Um, I'm really liking the energy. Oh wait, um, can we do it again? <laughs> I'm Allegra, and I'm very very sneaky. <laughs> oh God, this movie. I like you a lot. What did am... you say? Yeah, I like you a lot. <laughs> <laughs> this movie was... Okay, spoiler alert for my feelings, but, like, this movie was so much better than I thought it was going it to was, be. Me I too. rock bottom expectations. Me too. And this was so Oh, delightful. this bodes so well for me. Um, it really does. Some bad news for me. <laughs> so... <laughs> So what we do each week is one of us has to present a movie to be critiqued while the other two score it based on five specific categories. Each week's score will be added up and at the end of each season, the sibling with the most points will be labeled master of the remote control while the loser will be forced to do some sort of punishment. This week is the, f- the final, final installment of the 2021 San Tembler themed month. So... Next month will be October. We're gonna be we're gonna be beginning a Halloween movie draft uh, for next week's episode. But we have to go out on a bang with easily our most like collective nostalgic Sandler movie. I'm so happy it got picked. I was so bummed when we thought we had finished up Sandler and this wasn't picked. We'd have to wait potentially a whole year to view it again. But this week, we are watching the 2002 premiere film, Mr. <laughs> Deeds. It was good. It was really nice. And I am I so stoked. I thoroughly enjoyed it. <laughs> this movie, it had, I was just like punched in the face with nostalgia uh-huh. immediately. And I was, uh, I was just basking in that feeling. I did not remember a lot about this movie going into it. Like my pre-watch notes do, does not, they do not contain a lot. But as soon as I like, but every like scene that came up, I was like, oh yeah, oh yeah. Like it was just like every scene yeah, was in a nostalgic. I was, I was the exact same face. way. I, I, I was like, oh my god, how did I forget that? Oh my god, exactly. this was my. I loved this part, you know. So to yeah. get into it, um, 
When Longfellow Deeds, a small-town pizzeria owner in Poet, inherits $40 billion from his deceased uncle, he quickly begins rolling in a different kind of dough. Moving to the big city, Deeds find himself besieged by opportunists all gunning for their piece of the pie. Babe, a television tabloid reporter, poses as an innocent small-town girl to do an expose on Deeds. Of course, Deeds' sincere naivete has Babe falling in love with him instead. Ultimately, Deeds comes to find that money truly has the power to change things, but it doesn't necessarily need to change him. Thank you, Sujit Varma on IMDb for submitting <laughs> a fairly competent summary. Yeah. I mean, you know, came out, I think it was June 28th, 2002. Holland was 10. Allegra was 7 and I was 5. I don't know if we saw this in theaters, but you bet your ass we had it on DVD. We may have. I don't know if we saw this in theaters, but I know we definitely rented this all the fucking time. And also, I think our cousins said that they had it on DVD, so we must have just watched it. Did we not have it ourselves? I don't think we owned it. This was definitely like a rental situation. But also probably a cousin's house movie as well. Shout out. Shout out to Blockbuster Video um, in Town Center. You mean Hollywood Video? <laughs> that was Hollywood Video. I'm so sorry. It was yeah. Hollywood Video. Yeah, it was a Blockbuster video. near where graded Taekwondo. Right. Ah, uh, yes, my people. training. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, Gray's a first-degree black belt, so <laughs> don't knock him. <laughs> yeah. Watch your fucking it. back. <laughs> About how all those kinds of, like, kids karate sports is like a pyramid scheme just to sell belts to parents <laughs> i don't know maybe <laughs> gray do you remember any of it <laughs> uh no <laughs> <laughs> how old were you when you got your black belt when i got my black belt i think i was a 12 and then when i got my first degree i was 13 and then i quit shortly after I mean, you made it, at least you made it to the black belt. <laughs> I mean, I did it for like seven years. You did it for a long time. Do we want to get into our pre-watch notes? Sure. Oh, did did our, did mom have any thoughts on this movie? Dad was like, I'm sorry, I don't remember this movie at all. <laughs> I didn't text her, but I think our cousin Carly will be sending us a voice note. So I'll insert that here. Hi guys, Editing Holland here. Just to inform you that we have voice notes from both of our cousins, Carly and Michael, talking about this wonderful film that I will insert right here, back to back. Thank you both again for your thoughts and feelings about this wonderful movie. Hi there, friend of the podcast, cousin to Holland, Allegra, and Gray. I wanted to just say a few words about Mr. Deeds as they've kind of given a shout out to my brother and I because we're obsessed with this movie. We watched it all the time as kids. No idea why. I think we had it on DVD, so that's probably why. But when they said they were doing Sandtembler, Mr. Deeds was my first initial thought of an Adam Sandler movie that I loved as a kid and have all the nostalgia for. I mainly remember the really cool fucking house the butler, the Blackfoot, and I think there was like a really cool chick at a pizza parlor. But
but it was just a super fun movie, and I hope it holds up because I haven't watched it in like 10 years. This is not a voice memo, but I just wanted to say that Mr. Deeds was awesome. He was from a small town, he got rich, and he got to hang out with John McEnroe, living the dream. Charlie, friend of the pod. Friend Charlie, friend oh, of mom, the pod. Mom just sent me one. Oh, she did? Okay. I, I don't think I ever sat down and watched Mr. Deeds from start to finish. I know I saw some parts where Adam Sandler is just being annoying, yelling guy and sweet guy that girls like for an unfathomable reason. And some exaggerated New York City scenes. Steve Buscemi was funny. Um, and that's about all I can say because if it's not Fifty First Dates or The Wedding Singer, all of the Adam Sandler movies blend together. I hate to say. Valid. Um, yeah, I would. I was just gonna say she could literally be describing any Adam Sandler yeah, movie seriously. with what she said. I was just <laughs> about to say that, that she could basically be describing any Adam Sandler movie other than, you know, exaggerated New York City. That just narrows it down from like 50 to like 30. And then yeah. Steve Buscemi narrows it from like 30 to 20. So, you know, <laughs> here and there. But uh, yeah, let's give uh, the pre-watch notes. Holland or Allegra, you guys can go first and I'll... I'll round it out. Allegra wanted to say something. I was just going to say, it's weird that uh, there's an Adam Sandler movie that's a mom movie and not a dad movie. Like, the fact that mom was saying that she had never seen this start to finish, I'm like, yeah, that tracks. Because they associate all other Adam Sandler movies with dad and dad's house. Yeah, I don't know why we would associate this. I don't know if I would associate this with mom though. No, but she was the one that usually took us to the, the video, video store. That's true. Cause I, f- where yeah, dad would just true. be like, Oh, let's buy it. Yeah. Dad was definitely more of a, let's just buy this DVD kind of guy. And then we would watch that over and over again. And I guess, yeah, we went to Hollywood video with mom way, way more. And she also had Netflix, like, super early on i think they both did they both had netflix when like you got them in the mail (laughs) yeah i'm pretty sure you used to be able to return your netflix dvds to hollywood video and they would mail it out for you really sometimes yeah familiar yeah i feel like i remember dropping off some and then like yeah but anyways or or i think what they would do honestly is if they didn't have the movie they would order it for you and so you could pick up a netflix sleeve so they came in those little envelopes of the DVD mm-hmm. from Hollywood Video as a rental. Wow, I don't have any memory of that. But that does sound like something that would have happened. At least, like, as Netflix was starting to become a thing, I bet Hollywood Video was still like, was like, fuck, we still got to keep them coming into this store. We'll just try to work together with Netflix to, yeah. to not be so irrelevant so quickly. Do you think Dad thought of himself as the kind of guy who's like, Oh, yeah, I love the bonus features. That's why I keep buying the DVD. 
I don't know, but that's why I loved DVDs. Yeah, like, me too. I, loved I, I would watch <laughs> all of the bloopers, the deleted scenes, the bonus features. Like, I mean, that's how you get some of the some of the most quality content from like Napoleon Dynamite, were those deleted scenes and bonus features. That the best was when a DV when like a movie had an entire DVD of bonus features. Like there was the movie DVD and then there was the bonus features DVD. Like yeah. I know a lot of Harry Potter movies were like that and probably more like franchisey films, but that was yeah, like Harry Potter had like full on interviews games. with all of the actors for yeah, each and movie. Games. Yeah. Like, we had like the box set to the first movie and like the second disc literally had a game you could It play. had a game and and you beat it and then that's how you watched like the deleted scenes or oh something. My God. Oh yeah. And it was it was opening like up day. Diagon Alley with the brick wall. And like the potions and it was like hard. at the end like, when you're after the the chess and all of that stuff. Yeah, which I think was not even in the movies. It was just a book thing. But it, no, literally you had to answer book related questions and I yeah. was like I've never read this shit. And I'm like failing. I'm like, I just want to watch the fucking bloopers. You needed me to be there. I know, you it once, but then you watched it without me. Okay, well, I don't remember. I have the DVD in my room right now if you want to replay yeah, it. it. Wolfsbane and shit and potions class. Unlock it. All right. So back to Mr. Deeds. <laughs> shit. <laughs> Sorry. What pre-watch are your pre-watch notes, notes Holland? Okay. I have David Bowie sing-along moment in Private Jet. Adam Sandler inherits a fortune and Winona Ryder is a journalist who pretends to date him to get some scoop. I feel like Winona Ryder has bad blonde hair. He's from a really rural place, right? Butler and Sandler are close, but I remember the butler had weird vibes. I don't know why I thought that. I mean, he was kind of weird, but I upon this viewing, I fucking loved Emilio so much. So. It was the foot thing, yes. I'm sure. It was probably the foot thing. Yeah, it was probably the foot thing. And as a child, I was like, I don't like that. <laughs> as an adult, I'm like, I don't like that. But you know what? Good for you. I'm, I don't want to kink shame Emilio. No, no, he no, can no. like what he likes. No, I'm, he's much more lovable and adorable once you stop kink shaming. Yeah. <laughs> What are your pre-watch notes? Oh, it's my turn. Cool. Okay. So I remember Mr. Deeds is about Adam Sandler, who lives in, like, I don't know, Philadelphia or some vague shit like that. And he gets, like, news that his dad or something dies, and they give him a bunch of money. Steve Buscemi is in jail and has wonky eyes. Um, Sandy Cohen is there, and he goes to New York City, and he has a skyscraper mansion and a butler with a weird, gross toe. <laughs> You were, like, fusing some things yeah. together there. And I was like, I remember hating the toe thing. And I guess there's a woman he's in love with. I would not have remembered that it was Winona Ryder had Grey not mentioned it last podcast. Um, I think Sandy Cohen is evil and is trying to steal money. And there's a helicopter scene where they sing David Bowie. And then, like, as soon as the movie started, like, as soon as we saw them on the Alps or whatever... I was like, oh, does the butler turn out to be the rich guy's secret son and get the money? I also had that realization at some point in my notes, too. I Like, at one point, I was like, oh, yeah, the butler's the son, or the Emilio is the actual son. I totally, that, like, clicked in my brain, like, a couple minutes ago. Oh, wow. You guys, I mean, obviously, I, I, I remembered a lot, but there were, like, a lot of little things that I just 
completely forgot about. So, um, like, I mean, props to you guys for remember, like, cause I remember like the grand scheme of the movie here. Yeah, I'll just go into notes? it. So Adam Sandler is some small town hero who works at a pizza place. I'm pretty sure his name is Longfellow. Inherit some fortune from an unknown uncle or something who died on Everest. Fucks around with the new money. Winona Ryder is a journalist who goes undercover to expose him or just talk shit. I can't remember. Ends up falling in love. I remember the fake story she said about her childhood home. I remember the Hawaiian punch drinking fountain. I think Winona Ryder beats up Rob Schneider or one of the other random (laughs) dudes that's always in his movies. I remember the pizza lady threatening to cut one on a rider with a pizza cutter. And I think Adam Sandler writes his own Hallmark cards and recites them at his pizza place. You remembered a lot of like specific details. Yeah, exactly. But I forgot like, like the, the helicopter David Bowie song, I completely forgot until it started. And I was like, Oh my God. I, I, I said, Oh fuck. I forgot about the major Tom part. I loved this part of the movie. Mm-hmm. Go Cecil. <laughs> Cecil was also just like a delight, but I thought he was more involved in the movie. Me too. He was. Me the, too. I see. I did not remember Sandy Cohen being Me in this neither. movie. Peter Gallagher. I did not. Remember but I remembered Cecil. I remembered his like beard. I thought he was the evil one. Like I totally forgot oh, that Peter Gallagher was in this movie. Cecil's I only, completely like, forgot evil. about that whole part of the arc, and I thought it was just the. Um, the tabloid boss who was the bad guy. I forgot about the whole like business side of things. Same. Same. I thought it was yeah. just like, oh, they're trying to take him down and like ruin his reputation or something. But I didn't I didn't remember the like business side of it at all. Yeah, I, I also like totally forgot like why the tabloid people were like trying to get an inside scoop on him. Like, I forgot, like, the reason. I'm like, why do they want, like, what's going on? Is he, like, bad? Like, what's, and then it was just like, eh, we just want to for gossip's sake, basically, yeah. was the entire reason, which, like, fair enough. But so it, was the it wasn't as high stakes as I thought it was going to be. I mean, that's yeah. back when you could make a And it ends up being oh, yeah. on gossip shit. So let's get into our pre-show score before diving right in. My scores are like surprisingly high. <laughs> yeah, yes. I'm nervous about it. So my nostalgia I have at a seven, just because there was so much that I didn't remember. But also this could probably be argued up. I don't know. Because even though I didn't remember a lot, as soon as it was happening, I was like, oh yeah, like the whole time. So I don't know. This one might be able to move up a bit. Sit through ability, I have at a ten. I had a wonderful time. Like, I did, this movie did not lag. I wasn't, like, waiting for anything to be over. I was, and because I hadn't seen this movie in so long, I was genuinely invested and was like, how is this going to end? Like, what's going to happen? Like, I thought it was a very well-paced movie. Um, appropriate for children, I have an eight, because it is still, like, a PG-13 movie. But honestly, not as many offensive, like, Things you would expect from an Adam Sandler movie were in this. Yeah, I mean, there's some language, but it's even that isn't excessive. You know, yeah. like it's used sparingly, Especially and in my opinion, I think it's used very, like you know, deliberately for a joke and not like just overdone and throwing 
shit at the wall and seeing what sticks. Literally throwing shit, like the word at the wall and seeing if it sticks. So And and Adam Sandler even like says like watch your language a few times yeah. in the movie. So yeah. I don't know, maybe who knows, maybe that can be argued up too. Does it hold up? I have a nine. I mean it's still a product of its time. Yeah, Whether... but it doesn't it doesn't lag the movie doesn't lag because it's dated. No. You know, it's it's you know exactly what point in time it resides in, but that doesn't in my opinion bring down the viewing experience. No, I don't think so either. I think there were just like a couple things that were like I don't know, like the weird like workplace dynamics, I think mostly between like Babe and the two dudes was kind of the only like kind of icky-ish thing that I didn't like, but I don't know. Yeah. There's a uh... There's a moment at the end that, uh, you know, when everyone's like, I wanted to be a veterinarian, I wanted to be a doctor, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And Jan's like, I wanted to be a man. And I was like, there was a weird, like, trans obsession in, like, the 2000 Sandler movies. But it feels like this became, like, it, like, through time sort of went back around to maybe being good again. Yeah, especially because Adam Sandler, like, he doesn't, Nobody is like, ugh. They're just like, like nobody okay. reacts in like a we in like a oh my god, I ew, I can't believe it kind of way. Adam Sandler just is like, oh, that explains a lot. And to yeah. be fair, when my best friend came out as trans, I also went, that explains some things. Yeah, <laughs> like it, it could go back around to just being like a sweet thing. Your friend is like, like Adam Sandler. Was probably it's like Mr. Deeds is so criminally nice yeah. and genuine and sweet. He was probably like, "I hope she gets to you know, feel how they feel, whatever yeah. he wants." Yeah. <laughs> and then can we follow this out out of ten? It was perfectly easy oh, to follow. Man, like this I is have awesome. <laughs> very high scores for you, Greg. Allegra, right, Allegra, let me have them. All right. So nostalgia, I had it about a five. Um, really? I also think this could be worked up, but like pre-show notes, I was like, man, I don't remember the plot at all. And I had such a weird, bad experience the last time I watched it. Don't know why. Don't know why. Well, but remember, like, these aren't pre-watch scores. These are pre-show. So it's after watching it, how does the nostalgia hit you? No, I understand. I'm just saying that my nostalgia was like a little negative, but also like a little I couldn't remember but you know as we were watching the movie I also had that like oh like every new scene but I don't know nothing really like moments spoke to me but throughout the movie it was I don't know I think it could go up so okay. their ability it, all of these could go up um sit their ability at eight totally great time um I felt like near the end the silliness factor kind of got like crazier and crazier so it started to lose me a little bit I don't know I thought Winona Ryder's dialogue got really bad uh, appropriate for children, nine. Like, honestly, outside the swear words, like, super innocent movie. Like, it was written to be like a greeting card, I think. They were like, <laughs> we would like to write a man whose personality is greeting card. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hold up, eight. Like, this is the least dated feeling of all the Sandler movies we watched so far. It feels like, oh, this is the one. That, Even though like, it's the second oldest one we've watched. <laughs> right? But I don't know. There's like, so, some of it is just so vague and they make things so over the top and silly. It sort of feels timeless. I feel like, weirdly enough, 
this is like an Adam Sandler sweet spot. Yeah. Yes. Like it's right in between the like the 90s Sandler persona of like yelly, but really silly, very slapsticky. But it's also butting up against like rom-com Sandler where he's like sweet and not insufferable to watch. And also like a little bit of like the big daddy where like it really wasn't that offensive aside from like the Hooters thing and the like Rob Schneider's undetermined ethnicity, which we will get back to. But um, I feel like this movie exists in an Adam Sandler sweet spot where I don't know, but there's there's a possibility that this could be the highest scoring one. I don't know. I don't know, but it could be. I don't know. Of all the Sandlers, <laughs> like, yeah, I feel like this is giving 51st States some real competition. He's the, it's the least, I think the least problematic Sandler character that we yeah, have Yeah, I seen. think it's his no, most endearing. Nice. He's just so nice. He's a yeah. little violent, but he's a hick. You yeah. Know? It's lovable. <laughs> lovable violence. So, Allegra, anyway, what's your final score for followability? Uh, followability, it's like a seven. But it was also kind of like mushing with my sit-through ability sort of reasons of it started to get so, so silly and so, so cheesy that I was like, okay. But, but does it make it hard to follow? Oh, sorry, followability. Yeah, I don't know. For me, it was sort of thin, just like, okay, he has to go to New York, and then he has to to they just have to it takes three days to get paperwork like why don't you already have that doesn't paperwork? seem that real unrealistic to me because they just discovered Look, him you're from, in hr like, you know how long it takes to <laughs> they drop just paperwork? discovered who he was through the extremely vague facts no, like, <laughs> if, they, if it took so long to get paperwork together they would have just already had it ready like they would have made him sign it in Vermont. well maybe it was like in progress and they they were like we need you to be here to sign it I don't think that's that weird. You know what could have to fly you out. You know what could have happened is they might have already had paperwork, but then when they realized that they were dealing with, you know, like a small town hick, they're like, okay, I'm Sandy Cohen. I'm evil. I need to figure out a way to make sure, you know, I get everything. Yeah. Listen, no offense to Hicks. You know, we're not we're not using that. Wait, but Lego, what's your score? Fucking seven. Okay, I didn't know if you said that or not because we just ended up talking a lot. But anyways, but okay, this movie starts off, I'm, I don't want to slight this movie too much because it is mine to defend, but you can't fly a helicopter to the top of Everest. It's just yeah. physically impossible. Um, the altitude too, is too high. The air's too thin for the motors to get any lift. Don't need to get into it. I read into thin air last year, so I'm like, we all did. Right the on it. Oh yeah, we we read, we read it for the book, book club. <laughs> the book club. Um, I was gonna say my first note of the movie is this opening scene hits different after reading into thin air. <laughs> yes, I know. Yeah, I also I said, okay, the, the old thing. man dies on Everest. A very rich man way to die. <laughs> yeah, but he seemed like a great guy too. You know. Yeah, billion Se- seemed like he would have been a lovable, a lovable boss. Lovable sure. billionaire. 
I, I said that the Cecil meow to the old lady for some reason was burned into my brain. Once that happened, I was like, uh, like once the scene started, I just knew it was coming and it just like resurfaced out of thin air. Okay. Can we list all the things we know about Cecil? Like this extremely minor character, like, okay. He smokes a pipe. Uh, he's horny. He's Very a horny. horny. Uh, he loves uh, just busting out into songs. Like, he's like, I know Bowie, let's do this. Like, he likes he's, watching Adam Sandler deck people with tennis balls. He presumably knows French. Like, he just seems like a fun hang. He's just, he's around for whatever. He's like, okay, Sandy Cohen, you want to do evil stuff? I'm along for the ride. Oh, but hanging out with Adam Sandler is also fun. What if I donated $40 billion of not my own money to an amazing cause? <laughs> yeah, he just busted that out out of nowhere and was just like, yeah, he let's do it. ready. Yeah. I do have a question, though. When Emilio takes the helm, does that mean that money is still at that charity? and Or did he take that money back? It yeah, I was wondering about that. But also, I choose to believe that the money stayed donated, but now Emilio will just make the money going forward. Like, the money going forward will go to him. You know, as someone who works future in, profits. Yeah, as someone who works at a nonprofit, um, with hu- super giant mega donations, they usually dish it out over a few years. Cause they usually don't have that money just on hand. Yeah. Um, so even though there was like a comical check of here's a check for forty billion dollars, <laughs> like this, the super organized mega corporation would have like handled that. Yeah. All right, we don't yeah. need to get too far into the weeds. I was just thinking about it. Um, no, the it the void. very sucks, shameless, though. the very shameless Wendy's placement. <laughs> yeah, they, they just had to stop. Yeah, the cocoa pebbles. The cocoa box. pebbles. The Hawaiian punch. Yeah, <laughs> I remember yeah. the Hawaiian punch fountain. That's Hawaiian punch. Why the okay. fuck is her name Babe? Yeah, that like was the, weird. Like the pig. <laughs> I hated it because it was also like all those men she was working with were just like, hey, babe, come here. And I was like, why is this her name? Why is this her name? I also, I feel like, I feel like this, that role was meant for Drew Barrymore. But really, I don't know. I, I couldn't find anything about that, but I just felt like it was. And even Winona Ryder in an interview even said that she felt like she was miscast in this movie. Oh, interesting. And she I also kind of get that miscast. too. Like she, she's good at having an edge. Like I could totally believe her as this like yes. dark, like yeah. went down the wrong path journalist person. But she's not that sweet. Like yeah, once yeah, she started I, being I, sweet, I, hated, I was just like, I, hated I don't that believe persona. you. I hated yeah. how she spoke when she was like trying to be the super innocent small town girl. I'm like, I feel like you could still be like a nice innocent girl without going like that far and also obviously i get it because of the whole the way the plot follows that string but i was just like it just makes her in my opinion kind of insufferable for most of for most of her dialogue that's the big thing it was just most of her dialogue and i get it but i feel like they should have leaned more into the fact that she was terrible at lying yeah and Mm -hmm. Like, it, when she was lying, it didn't feel like she was scrambling. 
for the lies as much yes. as I feel like it should have been. Like, she was just saying the lies and then, like, maybe kind of being like, oh, like, with her yeah, face. Or but at I least, feel like it should have, have I feel Adam like it Sandler, felt, yeah. I was going to say, at least have Adam Sandler question it a little bit more so the line felt like it actually had somewhat of stakes. And, like, I, I, thought, I don't know. I thought it would have been a lot more fun if she just like dropped the good girl persona and just became she like she's someone with an edge like Winona Ryder is like inescapable just someone who feels like the dark part is dominant yeah so she could have been like ooh crumbles or whatever weird <laughs> shit she said and then been like oh, okay look I'm genuinely feeling this way about you and I genuinely believe in your beliefs and I want to do that more but like without having to go like over the top sweet cutesy i think it could have also been funny if like she tried to lean into the cutesy small town thing because it's what she thought that he wanted but like the darkness just kind of came out every so often and that's what like he on more. accident and that's what he like he liked yeah. like the real yeah. parts of her better we where like whenever this. like whenever like she would I feel like I wanted her to slip more into, like, actually being herself and that, like, I don't know, like, oh, yeah, like, I just tell the kids to, like, just shut the fuck up and suck it up or, like, I don't know, whatever, like, kind of, like, <laughs> skewed she, into, like, a weird dark area that's, like, oh, yeah. that's not what a school nurse should do. And he's, like, that sounds like a good idea. Like, that's what my nurse did or whatever. Or, like, I don't know. She beat the like shit that. out of that kid. I thought he was going to be, like, ha, awesome. You're weird and violent. And she's, like, no. And she's, he's, like, no, but that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, like, yeah. I'm all down for that. This movie – got so many very genuine laughs from me. Me? Yeah. Yes. Like the Allegra like and one I of the first ones was when Marty, the dude who worked, you know, the perm guy, yeah, when he was when you know, uh Sandy Cohen was like that dude deserves to get his throat slit and he's like behind him <laughs> and he, like he just talked about how he was hyperventilating and he's just with the flight control sticks like Yeah. <laughs> I thought I got a very genuine laugh from that. I thought Allegra that was and I so laughed at that too. Funny. <laughs> I had even written un until that part. I was like, I'm like chuckling. This is a chuckly movie. And then that was the first like big laugh. I was like, yeah. Oh no, this kind of rules. What if this movie rules? Yeah. And also, I I at least during the pre-watch notes, I couldn't believe that I'd forgotten about the butler. I mean, you know, when I think about this movie, I remember Emilio, but up until I saw him, I had, for, it just lost, you know, was removed from my brain. And then I saw him and I was so excited because he is the best. He I love amazing. Emilio. Yes. So cute. I'm I just said. I'm very, very sneaky. I go, oh man, I forgot about the butler. How can I forget the butler? Wait, doesn't the butler have like a foot fetish or something? <laughs> like immediately, <laughs> once I remembered him, that was the first thing I remembered about him. And the well, uh, very, very sneaky so. I feel you're underestimating the sneakiness. <laughs> I like you a lot. <laughs> That's my birthday. <laughs> That's this my mama. movie just has such a special place in my heart. Another, another thing I actually like genuinely laughed at was when the the news footage of his like night with John McEnroe was rolling and the like 
access inside access guy was like longfellow deeds out on the town and then you just hear like in the background adam sandler's like oh no they're gonna know my name's longfellow (laughs) (laughs) so funny (laughs) and i got a genuine like i actually got a genuine laugh out of a sandler yell and it was when yeah. he was whacking his foot because I had forgotten about the the shtick of him. The frostbite I forgot about foot. the foot. So and then I forgot about his little like bit that he did where he was just like, oh, God, oh, my. And then he just starts laughing because obviously he doesn't feel it. I like because I'd forgotten about that, that that bit like was fresh in my brain again. And I genuinely laughed. I'm like, all right, that's the first time there was a Sandler yell during mm-hmm. Sandtembler that I laughed at for the bit itself. So, you know, this movie, like you said, sweet spot of sand, sand, topia, <laughs> sandtopia. Um, I also thought the whole uh, Winchesterton Fieldville. Yes. Scene or like that whole part where they go to that fake seemingly fake town oh she thought God. she made up we it was died. It was, we died. i thought it was so funny like when they go into that cafe and the guy's like oh are you related to this guy oh i think i remember you you had like a hump right yeah yeah i was like is it ableist that this is fucking hilarious and she's like oh yes i i had a slight hump and he's like there was nothing slight about it and she's like <laughs> yeah okay it was a huge hump and i'm sensitive about it <laughs> she's like look honey quasimodo's back yeah like the, i had no business laughing out did, that much that knee thing i do remember as soon as i, I saw it i'm like thing. i remember that fucked me up <laughs> i don't think I was, we needed to do the house part though so much body horror yeah <laughs> Yeah. I okay. Another so part that disgusting. I thought was hilarious was how many cats you got? Seven. Holy shit. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Let's get started. <laughs> yeah. When he just goes, holy shit. Sorry for my language. And then just go, yeah, that also, again, just so Like, so this genuine. movie was extremely cheesy like case in point that entire like fire rescue scene where he's throwing the cats out the window the but dumbo catching but they thing. all like bounce off the little trampoline and they land in people's arms and they're fine like it's like kind of stupid but i loved it i thought it was yeah. like fine also if we're gonna talk about that scene the rob schneider delivery guy from big daddy is in that scene it's the same guy so holy shit the cat mean about the adam sandler universe the sandler verse if you will like does the big daddy sandler have like a doppelganger from new hampshire who inherited 40 billion dollars like what are the implications of this it's like american horror story rules (laughs) oh it's just like (laughs) an anthology series situation but but you know how he started connecting the universes for some stupid reason where like lady gaga got an abortion at the murder house right what is this this is this american horror American horror story yeah <laughs> lady gaga was an american horror story it doesn't yeah, matter we don't have to get hotel into it season it's pretty good um, five. also school. also uh shoe gate or i guess foot gate shoe gate oh god that's true does it count was if it's the, not a shoe it's the foot <laughs> it's 
it's so but gross. it's holding it true because it's just like painted black i was it ended, not yeah but it ended up it. being a very like you know <laughs> big <laughs> part tool at the it end was important i thought it was just a one-off sandler gag i was i think this foot is the but reason hey why that's how his dad and mom like met this movie the foot no his dad saved no, the mom from the ice um this movie feels so 2002 mm-hmm. like the way it's shot i'm like spy kids master of disguise like charlie's angels it's got that weird orange tint <laughs> and i'm like i feel like kids are gonna grow up hating 2000s movies for the same reason i hate 80s movies just for the general aesthetic yeah they're just gonna turn it on and be like Ugh. it's like mcdonald's yeah you know yeah it's just i'm like- loving it <laughs> um when the old lady finds out he's going to inherit 40 billion dollars and she's like don't you spend it all on one fancy record player <laughs> and he just goes i won't i won't <laughs> i think this movie is the first time i had ever heard the song major tom me too i was gonna say that earlier me too i'm pretty sure it's the first yeah. time i ever heard that song the the instant messaging bit got a real genuine laugh out of me when it's her it's her voiceover reading like you yeah. better tap that piece of ass or you know all that like i got a genuine laugh because then again that dude who's always in his movies was like ah he thinks it's you saying it <laughs> yeah, yeah, i know i thought I, that was like like i remembered that happening but i still enjoyed it like when yes. the joke uh, was revealed also just took me back to my aim days fucking i miss like early 2000s aim so much i don't know if you guys ever were you guys too young for aim i was a little too young no i had it i was too young for it but i had it okay oh have you already told everyone how you um catfished people in aim i've told people on my degrassi podcast <laughs> well i have I not heard pre- this <laughs> how old were you i was in middle school i was probably in like sixth or seventh grade and i had and i pretended to be benji madden no one knows who that is holland (laughs) the other madden brother in good charlotte who's not the lead singer there you go (laughs) because i had a friend who was already doing it pretending to be joel and her screen name was just being Jolie. So then I decided to join her and I was B to the NG and we catfished people in chat rooms and pretended to be members of Good Charlotte. And it was also when like Benji Madden was dating Paris Hilton and Joel was dating like Hillary Duff or something. A weird time in our culture. But <laughs> we were like, yeah, we're just like at a party. Paris is here. Like I remember doing this to like We're at a party on AIM. Yeah, and just on aim at this party, because that's how I think parties work, because I'm 12. (laughs) I I didn't even know that, like, Good Charlotte Brothers, Paris Hilton, and Hilary Duff were even close to the same age. Like, they all... Well, Hilary Duff and Joel are not close to the same age. She was, like, 16, and he was, like, 24. And in hindsight, that is not... Are you sure it wasn't Haley Duff? I am positive it was Hillary Ooh, Duff. Gross. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't great. Doesn't everyone Woof. know this? That he's like a really gross 
I shouldn't say stuff on a podcast without knowing if it's true or not. Oh, yeah. Also, corrections corner, it was Cole Sprouse who had the weird Tumblr, not Dylan. So enough with your slander of celebrities that you don't know anything about. I'm really not a celebrity person. (laughs) But anyway, you know how you would catfish as a teen. Hashtag relatable, right, Gen Z? I mean, what else do you do in a chat room full of strangers, right? No, I, Not I everybody's lying. I am so glad that that is all you did in a chat room full of strangers. So, <laughs> Yep, that's it. ASL always lied. <laughs> Age, sex, location. <laughs> Every, oh, God, you guys are so young. No, I, I, no, I remember ASL. I'm just okay. trying to think of how to return this back to the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I hated Winona Ryder as a blonde, but I'm not going to lie. In what? the fight scene, it got pretty, it, she got kind of hot. <laughs> I no, was like, I, I'm okay, feeling this. I'm pretty sure her her dark hair looked like a wig and her blonde hair looked it was. real. Well, I liked dying. her much better with the blonde hair. Yeah, she was wearing It wasn't a bad as wig. bad as I thought it was. In my memory, it was really bad, but in actuality it was like oh it's not that bad well this was the first movie i ever saw winona ryder in so to me it was normal what no you i was five you definitely saw beetlejuice before mr deeds okay but i didn't connect the dots yeah yeah and that's fair because that's an extremely different character i just heard your cat (laughs) yeah she has been meowing at the door for like five minutes Um, but no, I, I remember when I first saw this movie, because again, in my opinion, this was the first time I'd ever seen Winona Ryder and I was in love with her from this really? movie as a small I, boy. I yeah. Cause she's just so pretty. I don't know. I was all about it, she but again, is very pretty. I love Winona Ryder. Pretty. I did like all of her, um, uh, to Kill a Mockingbird references. <laughs> so many. It's like the only book Boo, she's ever read. <laughs> yeah, Boo Radley's Apple Tree. She calls her neighbor Mrs. Finch and the dog Atticus. Yeah. <laughs> her fake neighbor. Okay, I loved Marty. Despite the creepiness towards Winona Ryder, I did think his character was really funny as like the literal punching bag. Yeah, like, and all of his like, like when, crazy disguises. Yeah, his like when he gets so when wild. he gets beamed with the tennis ball and he just goes ah, <laughs> fault. Yeah, <laughs> his eyebrow falls off. Yeah, the He's eyebrow falls off. He's just very dedicated to his skeezy job. Yeah, he God, his hair was so disgusting. Oh my God, his weird blonde. So, per- but that was you know what point, it reminds cause... me of this. I don't know, but you either of you will get this reference. But do you remember the movie Bedazzled with Brendan Fraser, which we a should little. probably put yes, on this list? Yes, and I know what scene you're talking about. And in one of like the alternate realities, he has that weird blonde curly Was he hair. <laughs> I don't think so. Should I think... we put that on the podcast? I literally just said we should put it on the list. Right? Have you seen this movie? Let me let me look it up because uh, really it sounds from it. it sounds familiar, but I don't remember Elizabeth Hurley. Oh, is with the Elizabeth devil. Hurley. Oh yeah, I remember this. Oh my god, is she, like, yes. Where he's like wishes? albino with red hair. 
Yeah. Oh my god. When, when he, that's when he was like really sensitive. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. I do Gray, remember I, this movie. Yes. I knew Gray would remember this movie as soon as he saw Hot Je- uh, Elizabeth Hurley. <laughs> oh, dude, that's another like woman that I fell in love with from Austin Powers. Austin Powers. When Holland and I rewatched Austin Powers, I was like, oh my god, like embarrassed. <laughs> like she was like Miss Hurley. Hello. Miss <laughs> yeah. Kensington. Oh. Kensington. <laughs> yeah, I was all about. Elizabeth Hurley. Goodness oh my gracious. God, the after credit scenes where Austin Powers does the photo shoot. Oh my God. Okay, we're, okay we are getting not, so off not track. Not horny for Elizabeth Hurley. Monkey blood. Okay, but, but back to this movie. I mean, Monkey is, blood. How, how you guys don't have such a high nostalgia score is wild to me. Because, again, every time a scene came up, I was like transported back to mom's little like maroon leather couch and i was like oh my god yes the this movie is fantastic that couch was so uncomfortable i know because it was like studded or not studded whatever you would call that but okay we're not talking about the couch couch. we're not talking (laughs) about the couch but my this, scores are pretty high and I just, I know I'm just saying okay but nostalgia is your your lowest and I'm just saying to me nostalgia I thought would easily top the charts with your guys' scores and then the other ones I might have had to work on but I mean it was just so uh, like I just think this movie in one word was adorable I completely agree it was adorable and a delight, and I would watch it again. Like, yeah. I was really afraid that this was going to be one of the Adam Sandler movies that just, like, did not age well. I was, like, fully expecting yeah. there to be so many, like, uncomfortable jokes mm-hmm. in this yeah. movie, and there really weren't any. Like, really yeah. not that many. Not at all. Surprisingly. Even, like, I thought, for some reason, I thought, like, the Steve Buscemi character was going to be kind of creepy and weird. But he was, like, completely harmless. He just had crazy eyes and, like, got arrested yeah. for, like, punching someone or something. Biting the mailman. Right. He, and he bit the mailman because he was tweaking out. Also, I loved, like, the New hampshire setting because i know adam sandler yes. is originally from new hampshire so i'm like i'm really wondering if this was also just like a reflection of where he came from and if that helped also like just give like a good vibe to the movie yeah. like maybe he's like putting like an idealistic spin on his hometown of like or maybe this is him just saying like i loved growing up in a small town i think it really like shaped who i am and it really grounds you and like that's what he wanted to put across because because it is like a fish out of water story and the fact that he can speak from coming from like a small town in new hampshire i think added a lot to the movie it felt it didn't feel like cheap i even though he was like cheesy and just like nice to a fault and literally like aspired to write greeting cards and sell them to hallmark it didn't like it i believed it you know i believed it that it was very sincere yeah it was extremely sincere like i'm like i'm flabbergasted at how well this movie holds up like genuinely surprised but also very delighted yes and i loved his corny hallmark cards oh my god all of them like good. when he's all at the funeral so good 
All at the funeral, <laughs> and like, Al it was Sharpton just like, is like, that was good. This man, yeah, yeah, Al he just Sharpton keeps interjecting. Good rhymes. <laughs> yeah, good. <laughs> <laughs> like you would have to pay Al Sharpton to say you had good rhymes. I even like, I'll bring the, the beers. One. I'll bring, I'll the, bring beers. the beers. Yeah, he's really <laughs> leaning into his accent in this movie. Yeah, too. <laughs> I was noticing that too. Was he was really, and it's also funny. Uh, so he is a diehard Jets fan, but because <laughs> he plays someone like from New, like you know New England, because he did also. I think he was like born in New York and New Jersey, and then moved to New Hampshire when he was like five, up until he was an adult. But mm-hmm. like, is you know. I think also kind of identifies as a New Yorker. He is a big Jets fan. So it's just funny when he was like talking shit about the Jets. <laughs> and I just even wrote like 20 years later and the Jets still suck. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I have a new coworker and he's like, yeah, I love the Jets. And everyone was like, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, that checks out fully. Okay, my favorite greeting card, I think, was the first one that we heard, which is when Peter Gallagher and Cecil come into the pizza place and they see it's like, I love you a lot with all of my soul. Without you, I'm nothing. A butterless roll. <laughs> like, yeah. I loved that. Yeah. I'm like, greeting cards actually really suck. They suck most of the time. And I'm like, these are great. You would see this in like a little hipstery shop. Yeah. Yes. Oh, <laughs> like absolutely. today. All of these would be would be selling like hotcakes. Where is the Mr. Deeds nostalgia where everyone is sending each other like Mr. Deeds Valentine's poetry? Thing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like they should slap a little etched Adam Sandler face on a card and put butter roll in it. Like the, the millennial nostalgia should be high. I I know Honestly. this is so random, but going back to the football thing. He talks about the Patriots because he's, you know, New England guy. But he talks about the Patriots. He's like, oh, I think we're going to sweep the division. They won the Super Bowl that year. So that's oh, a little nice. fun, fun, you know, <laughs> fun real real world continuity thing. Yeah. But anyways. Okay, I also, yeah. I looked up Mr. Deeds on Rotten Tomatoes before we started recording. Ooh. It has a yeah. 22%. Yeah, Which it was really panned on wild to like me. The cr- from the critics, but and from a, only a fifty nine percent audience score though. Like I would expect that to be higher. This yeah. movie is why Gen Z is so much nicer. Yeah, it does say so. Mr. Deeds received three Razzie Award nominations: um, worst actor, worst actress, and worst remake or sequel because it's based on something from like the thirties. Oh, right. Like, very loosely. However, I don't think it, it's bad enough for Razzies. I think it also, it's just hitting well now. Do you yeah. remember how jaded everyone... Post-9-11? That's true. It was the new metal? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> However, the, the film the did win a Kids' Choice Award for Favorite Movie Actor. Well, there you go. It's a big kids' movie, and I think adults at that time were like, oh, this movie's for babies. Yeah, I guess it was just, like, the wrong time. For this time. movie, it was too genuine yeah. and probably too silly. Because yeah. in 2002, I don't think people wanted to be silly. No, it had to be rough. We were like core. entering a very long war. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And I think, great. honestly, I think this movie could have been 
you know, could have provided some of the levity that, you know, it required in that time. But apparently people didn't see it that way. I guess not. Justice yeah. for Mr. Deeds. Let's like, like, I think everyone should be revisiting this and being like, you know what? It's not that bad. It's Amen. honestly one of the better Adam Sandler movies I also possible. Uh, yeah, I feel and what crazy is, for saying this. Su- it's such a sleeper just because I feel like it just isn't. It's definitely not one of the like well-known ones. No. And so it just, you know, I think it just gets overlooked because it was also sandwiched by let me see the movies that I know the movie that came right before it but let me tell you the movies that came right on either side of it so it was oh actually so right before it was punch drunk love and right after it was eight crazy nights the Ooh, animated no movie Yikes. so those were much even you know however you feel about those two movies i think they were much more Popular. you know well known yeah. But also, you know, uh, Little Nicky was his movie mm-hmm. before Punch Drunk Love. And then oh uh, Anger Management was after, you know, so like there were some bigger hitters around it or, you know, bigger duds, too. Well, well hang on. So this movie, I, I think, was I just forget. kind of like looked over. What? Um, Punch Drunk Love and Anger Management are not Sandler movies. Like Adam Sandler didn't or write. They're not direct. Happy Madison. Yeah, no, I know. Like, I know. I'm Little just Nicky- saying. I'm just saying in context, this looked like to be a minor Sandler slump before 50 First Dates. Yeah. Because Lil Nicky yeah. is not good. Well, was there, was also, good. there was also uh, the hot chick, which he was only in as a cameo, but that is a Happy Madison That's a movie. Schneider. That's a Schneider-led. That's a which, Schneider like, vehicle, but it's a Happy Madison have, film. He I think ex- we need to put that on our list, like, I don't think it's a Sand Tumblr movie, no, but when we're done with, I mean, we can just give up now and just become a full Adam Sandler podcast. <laughs> we still have that opportunity. Well, but I actually found out there is already an Adam Sandler podcast. When doing there? research for this movie, it's called <laughs> The Sandler Pit, and mm. it's a UK-based podcast where they review a movie by Adam Sandler and they either throw it in the dreaded Sandler Pit. Or it, it, it goes into the Sandler castle. It, okay. This movie was better made it into that castle. This is a castle movie. Let me tell you. So it says the, the it was considered Mr. Deeds one of Sandler's more contentious offerings with one host enjoying it and the other finding it boring and crass. The film narrowly avoided being thrown in their dreaded Sandler pit with a compromise where it was thrown in the dungeon of the Sandler Castle, along with their <laughs> equally divisive punch drunk love, to give it time to quote think about its crimes. <laughs> I also I also dislike punch drunk love, but I'm pretty sure that's one of his highest rated films. Interesting. I didn't think this movie was that crass. Maybe I'm just comparing it to all yeah, of his other too. movies. But again, it's also like it was pretty wholesome. It was pretty wholesome, and if anything, it was, like, the most kind of, like, I mean, I don't want to say boring, but it was just, it was the most, like, down the middle Yeah. Adam Sandler movie where there isn't too much wackiness. Maybe, maybe it wasn't exaggerated enough for people. Ah. Like, maybe they had just come to expect 
the like this just like the yelly crazy just like bombastic sandlerness and yeah. this was not that or so even just more like just sarcastic like, and jokey and like you know because he yeah, was he wasn't angry. the one putting up most of the bigger jokes he was the straight man of this movie uh, yeah super weird yeah it was I mean, all I of think... the supporting cast really carried this movie true that's true. like in in the best way possible where like he was able to like be the the rubber for everyone else to kind of play off of like whether yeah. it be like peter dante who was the the hometown like you know kind of schlup who tried to get out of being <laughs> <the> sick <laughs> yeah or or emilio the butler or sandy cohen or cecil or even winona ryder marty like all of them were able to be so much bigger because yeah. Sandler wasn't the one embodying that role, which I think strengthened the movie a lot. Same. I think this movie is better for 2021 audiences than maybe it was for 2002. Because I think we also have the benefit of knowing where he goes after this. So seeing this is now extremely refreshing for us because we're like, oh, yes. he's not being awful. <laughs> yeah. So. And hey, if anything, that means it holds up pretty darn well if uh, yeah. you catch my drift. <laughs> These scores are criminally high. This okay, let's No, let's they're not. Into, I think they're deservedly so. Scores. Okay. Oh, wait, I'm hold on. Raise... I, have, I have one thing I want to say. I have one thing I want to say. Okay. Uh... So Meg was out while I was watching this movie and she only came in like she came home from being out during the like shareholder meeting scene. <laughs> so she literally only saw the shareholder movie scene to the end of the movie. But when she sees, you know, him give his very like weak ass emotional speech that for some reason does turn the crowd just like in Big yeah. Daddy. And then also when the real twist occurs and Emilio is revealed to be the heir, Meg says, I just got the chills with no context <laughs> of the movie whatsoever. So I'm like, that's got to be worth something. <laughs> Speaking of chills, this is at least the second movie in that Winona Ryder appears in where somebody falls through ice in like a pond, <laughs> which is kind I, of I, crazy. I read that on uh, the IMDb trivia. Oh, yeah, because it happens in Little Women, too. In She's Little not Women, the one who falls yeah. in Little Women. Kirsten Dunst falls in Little Women, but... And something yeah. vaguely similar happens in Mermaids, where her little sister almost drowns in, like, a lake or something. Yeah, but I don't think ice is involved. No, I'm just saying it's a weird, like, Venn diagram situation. Interesting, yeah. Christina Ricci <laughs> is her little sister in Mermaids, and Cher is her mom. That's also a good movie. We should watch Mermaids! <laughs> I don't think Love I've mermaids. seen that movie, but whatever. That if I didn't know I was gay. You mean you haven't seen Winona Ryder's like almost entire like oeuvre? I think Ooh, I never mind. Never mind. I have to, I just thought of a movie I want to put on the draft list uh for Halloween, but never mind. We'll we'll get into anyway, that next week, but write it yeah, down. Yeah, we'll get into that next week. So scores. Scores. I am gonna bump my nostalgia to an eight. It's not a 10 just because, like, I really forgot 
a lot about this movie. Like, even as I was watching it, there were some things where I was like, I did not remember this at all. Like, I didn't remember how we got the money. I didn't remember, like, why the people were trying to go undercover. So I'm going to keep it at an 8. Sit through ability, I'm keeping at a 10. Appropriate for children, I'm bumping up to a 9 from an 8. Does it hold up? I'm keeping at a 9. Can we follow? I'm keeping at a 10. So you gain two points. Um, Allegra? I'm going to be honest with Allegra. you guys. These uh, scores are a little high. <laughs> okay, but seven. don't base your scores just on that. You got to go with your gut. Go with your heart. Uh, I am. I am being extremely honest, and I'm mad about it. Oh, I thought you were um, saying Holland's word, and you need to change the playing field. And I'm like, I no. cry cheating. But okay, no, I'm sorry. I thought I was going a different direction. Continue. I'm sorry. I don't need this kind of energy, Gray. The energy was good, and you're bringing it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so nostalgia's seven. I think that's that's very solid. I remembered a lot, but it also felt like I blacked out during this movie. Um, sit through ability, fucking 10. Uh, appropriate for children, Gosh. 9. Hold up, 9. Follow, 8. Like, fucking just great scores. Fuck. I thought I was okay with Big Daddy, but, like, I'm looking, I'm looking pretty punishable. <laughs> All right, great. I think you're at an 89. Wow. I know. I'm surprised. You still love Mr. Deeds. <laughs> I definitely want to give it bonus points, but I got to think about what, like, what those points are going to be for. Ooh, okay, I have one. Okay. Um, when he goes, how about a billion? And he goes, all right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah, I loved that. Um, I'm just gonna give it for Emilio because yeah. he was so delightful. Love it. So you got a 91, Gray. I was going to recommend one just because I forgot how much I loved the ma- the Major Tom sing-along. Mm. But, you know, that's up to, it's up to your discretion. I'm not, I'm not pushing for a third if you don't want to give a third. I mean, I think we'll cha- Major Tom is more important than that one line I said. So mine is spiritually. The it covers that one, too. It's that okay. one instead. I'm f- I'll take it. I will take okay. it. <laughs> The fact that this is tied for the second best <laughs> movie on the score and tied with 50 First Dates makes me more than happy. I and am shocked. Let me, let me, uh, something that we have criminally forgotten, we keep saying criminally, have sorely <laughs> forgotten to include is bringing you guys, the audience, up to speed on our scores. I, think I literally have that written down out, in my housekeeping notes. <laughs> yeah, rounding out the Santembler month and quickly approaching the end of our season. I mean, we're going to be done at the end of December. So, you know, it's been a fantastic first, what, three-ish months that we've been doing two this? And two and a half. Three. Oh, my God. It's been th- July, August. Like, two? Two months? But also... Everybody can also follow along with the scores on our Instagram. I have a highlight on our Instagram where I've just been saving each one of our scorecards so you can see the progression. Courtesy of Meg, those scorecards have been created by my dear fiance. 
So where are we, Holland? So, um, sorry, I accidentally. <laughs> so, as of last week, as of Big Daddy, I am at two fifty nine. Allegra is at two o three, and Gray is at two thirty four. But with today have, coming in, today so but that so that's after like everyone has done three movies. So that's like everyone has the same amount of movies on their plate. But after today, Gray after today. has three twenty five. Commanding lead. Commanding lead going into probably my weakest month which will be Halloween movies, just because I don't know a huge amount of Halloween movies. And I know you guys were much bigger on the Halloween movie, you know, trend. Yeah. Allegra's birthday is on Halloween, so she is fully immersed in the spooky season at all times. Um, That's why I'm so unpleasant to be around. Spooky, spooky. (laughs) (laughs) Do we want to have a fun name for our... October month, our spooky month. The Latchkey Kids Spooktacular. Can we do Spooky Sims and like change the logo for a bit and just like a slap an S on stuff? Spooky Sim, like we'll cross out Latchkey and it's we'll just spook put Spooky. Key, spooky. Yeah. Spook Key. Skit Sims. I love it. Great. Do you, and then like, great, just Photoshop like a witch's hat or like a jack o' lantern. It's like, <laughs> yeah. just Photoshop shit into our logo. Like <laughs> Happily. Well, if we're, if we're doing Halloween movies, I don't think I'll need to do much. Yeah. You'll, you'll, dad? Although our logo is already pretty spooky, we look like haunted children trapped in an oil painting. (laughs) So I don't know. Add add like a tattered sheen to it, like a filter, and it's already perfect. We could also just like make it black and white. And it's like, yep. Just make it look like it's aged, an aged withered painting. And like Gray's cheeks are more hollow. Well, okay. Now it's time for my favorite part of the podcast, and it's trivia. So, this movie did come out. It was filmed during 2001. um, In New York. In New York. So, following September 11th, uh, images of the World Trade Center were digitally removed from several shots. Oh, wow. Um, When filming the scene in which Deeds beats up Marty, Adam Sandler spun actor Alan Covert around... But during that, Covert slipped on the sidewalk, hit his head on the concrete with no protection, and was unconscious for a minute. Oh, my, oh my God. God. So Marty actually did get beat up. Um, it was the neck brace real? <laughs> it wasn't the shot that you see in the movie because I was looking for it, and he steers clear of that. But that did happen in a, in a shot. Um, another injury... Winona Ryder broke her arm while shooting the scene in which she and Adam Sandler rode bikes down the stairs. Oh my God. <laughs> and I also oh noticed no. because those faces were blacked out and I'm like, that guy has straight hair. Even in the <laughs> silhouette, I'm like, those are stunt doubles. Probably because that happened. Oh, yikes. Um, and that was, there was not a whole lot of super intriguing deeds specific trivia, but some 2002 trivia to get your your guys' mindset of what the time was really like. Top song of the year was Lose Yourself by Eminem. Um, The big movies included uh, 
the first Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers, and Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. Um, In this year, Steven Spielberg finally finished college after a 33-year hiatus. He turned in Schindler's List for his student film requirement. Oh, my God. (laughs) Elmo from Sesame Street testified in front of Congress. (laughs) Why? I don't know the context for that. Probably to save PBS funding again. Yeah. Um, Iraq's vice president suggested a duel between George W. Bush and Saddam Hussein to be refereed by Kofi Annan as a way to settle their disputes without going to war. Oh, my God. Um, Michael Jackson dangled his baby off of a balcony from a Berlin hotel room. Martin Luther King Jr.'s assassin, James Earl Ray, was once erroneously honored during a parade which was intended to praise actor James Earl Jones. <gasps> no! Fort Lauderdale, Florida accidentally created a plaque in January 2002 which read, quote, Thanks, James Earl Ray, for keeping the dream alive. No! <laughs> Poor choice of words. <laughs> and oh my then. God. Oh my God. Huge, huge thing that's relevant to this movie. This was the year in which Winona Ryder was sentenced to three years probation, 480 hours of community service, $3,700 in fines, $6,300 in restitution in order to attend psychological and drug counseling after being found guilty of stealing $5,500 worth of merchandise from Saks Fifth Avenue. Free Winona. Free Winona. Free babe. <laughs> Truly. I got you, babe. Wino forever. So, Wino right? forever. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. What a time to be alive. I was in... Fourth grade. Fourth Fifth? grade when this... Fourth? Or I probably had just finished fourth grade when this movie came out. Um, but anyways, that, that wraps up... That wraps up our podcast. Um, you know... Obviously, next week is going to be our draft for uh, Spooky Spooky. Sims, the month of October, all Halloween movies. Allegra's time to, you know, catch back up and, you know, really run strong and, you know, hopefully or maybe take the lead. (laughs) Hey, man, we still have like three months left. Like, anything can happen. I love that it's true. now that we're doing it randomized, I can drop some bombs, potentially. Like, anyone could be like, oh, no, not mom had a date with a vampire. I just got to play the odds. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, but in the meantime, you can follow us on social media. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Latchkey Sibs. Or you can email us at latchkeysibs at gmail.com if you want to just, like, send us a note. Send us any movie suggestions. If you have any suggestions for Spook Key Sibs season, please tweet them, comment them on our Instagram post, email, whatever. Like Grace said, I'm kind of dry. Like, I feel like it's such a vague category that I'm like, I feel like there are so many options, but I also can't think of anything. So yeah. any help would be appreciated. Any suggestions would be great. And I accept diehard rules of it doesn't actually have to be a Halloween. Yeah, movie. it just has to be like spooky vibes. Yeah. Yeah. But like I don't but no like blockbuster like scary movie shit. I don't think. I mean it I think has we to can be maybe, nostalgic. Yeah, it if has it's to be nostalgic. nostalgic. It's cool. Yeah. So, 
And yeah, email us at Latchkey Sibs. You can listen to us pretty much anywhere. But if you're on Apple Podcasts, if you could rate, review, and subscribe, that would be really awesome. Ratings really help us get noticed. Um, but I think that is all that we have for you guys today. Next week is the spooky draft. And until then, bye. Very, very sneaky. Where people creep, 